Okay. Erev Tov. We continue now. Perek Lamed Dalit. This is the last one of this mini section of about seven chapters. And uh, we've last, the last couple chapters, we're saying that metaphysics is not for beginners. And uh, we say how you have to enter gradually and uh, you don't go too far, you go too far, too fast. It's not going to uh, work. And only if you are a, uh, you shouldn't begin this unless you are a chacham. We already know some of the sciences in advance. And you also are a person who is a maving midaito. You're pretty clever. But now in this chapter, By the way, on that. Gerald Schroeder, he started writing his things, and he started bringing it out to the uh, mass yeah. people. You know, it's part of the outreach and you know, for scientific people who were, when we were doing Kiro and everything like that. Was that not a good thing uh, for him to, to do, or was, or was it beyond what we should have done? Yeah, well, let's put it it's a good thing, but very few people will benefit from it, and not as a negative to him. you got to be smart to accept what he's saying. Uh, let's really say a low, what's a, a, a low intellectual level person is not even going to know what he's talking about. Not, not a criticism of Schroeder, but you have to, you know, like, you really have to know a little bit of science to understand what Schroeder's talking about. So it, it could help for people who are real intellects if they're open-minded. That's a, that's a major problem with that. There's nothing wrong with what he did. I think it's great. How effective it is, not from his perspective of how good a teacher he is, but it's, it's very difficult material. And the scientists that believe another way, maybe not as honest as uh, Aristotle thought scientists would be. Let's leave it at that. But yes, it's definitely in that wheelhouse. Okay, chapter 34 is a long one, one of the longer ones, and you'll see why it is. And what the Ramam is going to go through now is the five reasons why it's very uh, it's going to be very difficult for one to uh, proceed with learning over here. We're talking now, we're going to soon get into the real metaphysics. So Ramam saying, I've taken you this far. I've explained a lot of terms to you. I hope you understand what I meant by the terms. And in the last few chapters, he's saying, listen guys, get ready. This is going to get hard now. So it's like your last chance. You want to get out? He's not saying it per se. But he's already said who it's for, and uh, not everyone's going to benefit. And I'm going to tell you why people are going to fail. And these are the traps or the difficulties that have to be overcome in this chapter that he's going to mention. So what I'm going to do first, I'm going to give you the five reasons up front. So you know what the five reasons are. We'll discuss a few issues, and then maybe today we'll get to the first two because they're small. Okay. What are the five reasons why it's going to be very hard to continue and understand this concept of learning about Hashem? So one we can call the ontological reason, and that is the difficulty of the material. These are concepts that are not relatable to human minds because this is metaphysics. So that makes the material difficult. That's number one. Number two, we can, it's called the fancy term, is the epistemological reason. 
epistemological reason, which means, fancy term for it, the insufficiency of people's minds. Not everyone has a completely developed intellect and people's minds are limited and you need an intellectual maturity to understand these concepts. So as much as we said before, you have to be a smart person, but not everybody's mind has yet been developed. For example, I'm sure all of us were very brilliant seven-year-olds. We're just amazing. You probably got A's in school and everything was amazing. But believe it or not, you were still going to get smarter. And when you were 17, you were pretty smart. But believe it or not, you're still going to be smart. And uh, hopefully, uh, present company all included, I all hope that we'll still continue to be smarter. Okay? Because that's the way the brain is supposed to work. Until when? You, until it starts retarding. If you're, if you're, if you're a, a person who keeps learning and you're not affected by any disease, you should be smarter and smarter till the day you die. If you're studying Torah, now unfortunately there's some secular people who get dumber and dumber every day because they're just filling their mind up just with Netflix and foolish things and fake news and this, you get dumber. That can happen too. But in terms of your mind, you know, your, unless you have a sickness, I'm not, not I'm talking about sickness, I'm talking if you have regular health, um, even though your body, let's say, can't do what it used to do, you can't run a four-minute mile anymore, Shelly, sorry, uh, right? But your mind, you know, is, you know, you're probably learning things that are harder now with Gamora and things Do you learn to university, even when whatever, you're learning statistics or face. Your mind is more developed because, you know, you're, you're spending time using your mind. So... Uh, the fact is, that the, this is very hard material, but you also have to have the right mind for this. Not everybody has that kind of a mind, okay? And uh, not and even if you have the mind, you need an intellectual maturity. It's not enough to have the mind. It's an intellectual maturity. So that's the second one. Um, the, also, the third one is the immenseness of the prerequisite knowledge that you have to have before you even get into this advanced study of metaphysics, okay? And therefore, because people generally are lazy and they're daunted by hard work. In other words, okay, you want to understand something? Fine, but let me give you, let me give you a perfect example of this, which I think I mentioned in one venue, maybe here another one, there was a, someone was criticizing, I, I don't think in a bad way, it was in Arut um, Sheva, so the person was criticizing the work that's being done with Hasbara. You know what Hasbara is, right? It's to explain to everybody why Israel's right and this and that. So it, was, it wasn't being mean or nasty, he was just saying, I don't think they're going about it the right way. Obviously, the guy was criticizing is pro-Israel, pro-Hasbara. He just thinks they're not doing it right. So he says, well, what, what do you mean? Well, if you know anything about Hasbara, they really do a good job. They explain really good about the Arab-Israeli conflict. And if you read what they write, it's obvious they know what they're talking about. Why does it not work? 
nobody reads it. You know, you, you have to have a few hours to really go through it properly. Because really, if you want to know what's going on in the Middle East, you just can't walk in in two minutes and say, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And that ends, acts, and that does everything, right? You've got to really go back to, well, it depends how far you want to go back. You want to go back to the creation of the world, or at least go back to uh, when uh, the British took over, right? And if you would look back at everything, it's, it's very clear that Israel has a legitimate right to the land. And there's no such thing as Palestinians. But how long does that take? You know how many prerequisite pieces of information you need? So the fellow at Split House Bay says, why are the Arabs doing so well? It's very simple. You show Palestinian children crying without any clothes on a bombed out uh, um, um, a hospital. That's all. That's all you need is pictures. And he said, Israel should be doing more of that. Whatever. So that, but the point I'm taking out from that is, and this is true about all things, if you really want to understand something, you've got to have the patience. And, and, and people don't have the patience anymore. They just want to go, right, let me get to the point. Tell me what's the bottom line over here. It is almost, uh, there are certain sports fans that are like that. There are many, certain sports fans I said, what am I going to waste my time watching a whole game? Yeah, the main game is the, 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 the main. No, the main game is the last two minutes. Yeah, yeah. The last two minutes, you know, if the game's not close, it was never a game to begin with. Right? Yeah, if it's a blowout, it's a blowout. Right? So the last two minutes, you know, can take a half an hour. Right? But that's when it counts. You know, that la- it's really the, many times the last play, especially in football, the last play. A field goal from the 52-yard line, either going to win or they're going to lose. And it doesn't matter what happened until then. Yeah, but if you're a real sports aficionado, you know, you know, no, no, no. It was like all the plays that led up to this. Was, but a lot of people just, just show. That's why what's become big now, highlights. Yeah. Highlights. What, I got to watch the whole game. I'll watch in 15 minutes. You can watch all the good plays, all the meaningful plays. What, you got to sit around and watch the whole thing? Just get to the top. Was it a win? Did they not win? Finish it. So that's the third issue. Fourth is a lack of proper temperament and virtues. Meaning to say, you have to have a certain moral compass and temperament in order to acquire knowledge. In other words, good meadows. And if you want to think, let's we can go, let's say, to the 48 ways to wisdom, which is a very good example of that. Let's say a very simple thing. Would you say that you have to have a temperament of patience to be able to study metaphysics? What if you're not what's you're an impetuous person? Well, it's not gonna work. What if you're an arrogant person? You think you're always right. So you have to have and you have also there's certain moral issues you have to have. So people may be lacking that. And finally, the fifth is the good old-fashioned distractions of the physical world. Who's got time for all this? You got a family, you got a job, you got responsibilities in life. So those are the five factors that's gonna make this very difficult to progress and proceed with this. The Abarbanel looks at these and he says this is like, uh, sort of like the uh, uh, Dieto. In other words, these five are, each one builds on the other. And just like in the Dayeno, you know, if you would have taken South, but you wouldn't have done this, Dayeno. And if you would have done that, then that's it. So the same thing over here. We start like this. First reason is 
the material is difficult. First reason, material is difficult. Now, even if the material is not difficult, even if it's easy, human intellect is limited. Okay? And even if it was easy and human intellect was not limited, but there's so many prerequisites and people get bored and they don't they don't want to wait so long. And even gonna tell me that it's easy and we're not limited. And there wouldn't be so many prerequisites. Person has to have the right temperament. If you have the right temperament, it's not gonna work. And even if you got all four, there's still the distractions. So no matter where you turn, even if you're gonna to get all five to be in your favor, is not so easy. Now, that's uh, the Abarbanel's explanation. The Abarbanel adds one more thing. If you remember back in chapter 31, the Rambam sort of already discussed this a little bit. Remember, he quoted this Alexander, the fancy last name, I can't remember, the one who was the, who clarified a lot of Aristotle things. And he said there are three things that cause a lot of arguments, that make it, in, especially when you get into these areas where it's not clear. So he says, well, some people love to argue Right, and uh, also these things are very uh, d difficult concepts, and uh, also there's a lot of people who are ignorant. So we really, you know, the, the, we have difficulty and ignorant is uh, part of the ones that the Rambam mentioned, okay? But he didn't ask. But it didn't, in other words, we seem to be repeating some of them now, okay? Remember. This Aristotle said, people just like to argue a lot. That's why there's so much machlokas over there. Okay, but then he said difficulty causes a lot of different opinions because it's hard, and a lot of people are ignorant. So, and then the Rambam added a fourth one, remember? He said the fourth one, we're habituated to our preconceived notions. So the question is, but now he's mentioning five, if you look carefully, well, two out of them are the first two, difficulty of the material, insufficiently of people's minds so those who he repeated that's fine but what about in the from chapter 31 the first and the fourth reason the first of people love to argue and the fourth one is people are he said remember fourth is the jewish one it's not the scientific one he said because we're habituated to certain behaviors so what why what happened to number one and number four from the list why doesn't the ramam is putting the five down over here where he tasked two of the ones from before what about the other ones? What about the ones who love to argue and the people who are habituated? So the answer is, well, the truth of the matter is, if you'd be an honest philosopher, he's assuming you want to be an honest philosopher. And remember, we said the fourth one, why did Alexander not put it in? Because Ale not Ale Alexander was dealing with philosophers who, so to speak, were seekers of truth. So to speak, we're going with a tabula rosa. So Jews who aren't philosophers, that's why we added that reason. And the people who want to be argumentative, even then they're really not truth seekers. So what the Rambam is saying, although he mentioned earlier four reasons, and two of them repeat over here, but the other two, you can really transcend those two issues by being an honest truth seeker. So if you're an honest truth seeker, then even if you are an honest truth seeker, even if those two issues are not, you're not an argumentative person. And you rubbish are pure philosopher, scientist, you're only looking at the truth and you don't go with preconceived notions. See those two, like if you have those two, you're not even a philosopher, you're not even an honest seeker. But if you're an honest seeker, you still got five major problems. 
And those are the five problems that he's mentioning over here. Okay? So this is the, so to speak, the warning <laughs> that you, you be ready for all this. Okay. Now, good. Martin, you're here. I'm here. Now we can toss it along here. Now we can, we will only attempt the first two. Maybe we can start into the third. Uh, and, uh, no, I was right there. I know. Right there. Okay, so now, so again, Rambam is our last chance. What is inhibiting man from attaining metaphysical knowledge of Hashem? So, Hasibos Hamonos es psichas halimudim binyanu halokus. What are the reasons that prevent the person from beginning his studies with this metaphysical learning? Ulahol amashitzarch laharilov, ulahagish ezel amon. And to point out that which is necessary to point out to bring it to the masses, there's five reasons. Hasibari shown, the first reason is Koshi Hadover The thing itself is very hard. It's subtlety, it's fineness, and it's depth. For example, he quotes a Pasuk in Kohelas. It says, Omar what was is very far from us. For amok amok and very very deep, me and who will find it? Well, first you're saying what is this hinting to? Well, very far away, what was? Let's talk about masabration, talking about creation. And who's saying this? This is King Solomon, right? And very deep, who's going to find it? That's the Maisa Merkava. So that's and those are the two main issues that we struggle with, and that's the two main metaphysical issues we have. Also brings a puzzle. Wisdom, where are you going to find it? Now, it's not fit to start with things that are very hard to understand. You know, again, it's it's very interesting. I don't know what the exact statistics are. Martin may know better, but they say humans at best use ten percent of their minds. Ten percent of their minds. That's at best. That's at best. Okay, so metaphysics needs a little more than ten percent of your mind. All right, and what about the parables that are well known in our faith or in our Torah? Uh, what do we what do we compare these parables to? Beautiful, another good analogy. Remember, we talked about honey. We're going to use another analogy. We compare Torah to water, and we know in many ways Torah is compared to water. Who's thirsty? Let him drink water. They give a beautiful parable. Many things get explained with this parable. And this is, for example, this guy knows how to swim. Now, if you're a really good swimmer, what are you able to do? You go to the bottom of the sea. This is before we have uh, oxygen tanks. Okay. And you get pearls. You know, there are people who train themselves to hold their breath for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah or five minutes. There was the big uh, way of making money in uh, Indonesia, in Arabia, UAE, right. before oil was discovered. Right. So you could do that. So that really, but that, you're going way deep. You know? You know, and, uh, and if you're not a good swimmer, you'd play, you drown. Whoa, therefore, person shouldn't start swimming. Elamisha Unless he's pretty trained in how to do this. So again, 
learning Torah to the de- it's like the, it's called the Yam HaTalmud, the the Sea of the Talmud. So, and what are we trying to extract? We're trying to extract pearls. That's really a good thing. But for a guy to do that, do you think they have to practice breathing exercises? Oh yeah. Would you say that guy, there's a few prerequisites over here, like good lung capacity. They can hold your breath. I don't know, two, three minutes. I don't know what the, the maximum is to be able to do that. Got to be able to swim really good yeah. and fast. Oh yeah. Right, and keep your eyes open, etc., etc. And if not, you will drown. Now, Mark, if you can move the thing to Bubba Kama 74A, you'll see one of the analogies right here. Rabbi Yochanan, see where my figure is, Mark? Mishtai, Rabbi Yochanan writes, once we were traveling on a ship and we saw a certain crate, must have been a, in which precious stones and pearls were set. It was at the bottom of the ocean. Yes, it was a clear ocean. Okay, and a species of fish called sharks encircled it. Oh, oh my goodness. So, and we saw there was a, a fisherman. Okay, it doesn't say he was a fisherman. So he descended. In other words, a diver descended, went into the water to bring up his chest. And the fish became angry and sought to sever his thigh. But the diver threw upon it a flask of vinegar and they descended and swam away. I was able to get it. Of course, you can't learn these psukim on the Prussian level. Oh, A divine voice emerged and said to us, what right do you have to touch the crate of the wife of Rabchanina Bendosa? As she is destined to insert sky wool blue into it to be used in the ritual fringes of the righteous in the world to come. Now, what is this? That's all you need to know. What's this reference to Rabchanina Bendosa's wife? That's a famous story. Rabchanina Bendosa was very poor. And his wife uh, was complaining about it. So one time, Rebbechani Medosa went out to the valleys, praised Hashem. Hashem, I need Parnosa. Hashem gives him a pearl. He goes to the pearl, comes home, listen, there, our problems are over. Here's the pearl. He says, what? You took a pearl from Hashem? How dare you? I don't I don't want in the next world, in the next world, we're not going to have four legs on our table. We're going to have three legs on our table. You go take it back. And he took it back, and the Gemara says the second miracle was bigger than the first miracle. Okay, but what's the point? The point is that precious pearls that are meant for the next world. So you you see again this idea of a diver going deep, getting the pearls. So obviously there's some connotation to really have to dig deep into the ocean of Torah to be able to understand these things. And you see the dangers. Obviously this this is a I don't think it could have been a true story, but mainly the analogy. When you're going down, you can get killed on the way down. And that's what we said with Acher and all these other things. We could say maybe this is a hint when the Gemara says a father has to teach his son a number of things. And then it says, Viesh over and son said how to swim. So now maybe we could say the same idea. How to swim means how to swim. You got to learn Torah, but you got to try to swim. You have to teach him how to dig deep, but not to drown. Be careful in the wisdom that you're trying to achieve when you're doing that. Okay, that's the first reason. Now let's go back to Guide to the Perplexed. We'll just do one more reason. It's short. Vasivashnia, second reason. Kotzer das The shortness of intellect that everybody has at the beginning of his life. person doesn't have the fully developed mind in the beginning. 
He has the potential. In other words, the brain a baby has is created in a way that it can grow. And it can get smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. But but in the beginning, there's men of Pope, but it actually isn't there yet. It's rather like Vayor, like a wild donkey, para odom yula. It's a wild uh, para odom. That's how you start off. And anybody, even though you have a specific potential to reach, let's say the guy really has a gifted mind. He really has a gifted mind. But it doesn't have to be. It's going it's to materialize. It could be just in the seedling area and never gets fully developed. And it could be a lot of reasons for that. There could be certain obstacles, let's say certain sicknesses, or maybe some uh, a, a prior false knowledge. If you're missing all those prerequisites to bring it to reality. Not a lot of people get smart. From Uzzan, the rabbis say as well, I see people who ascend, they grow, and they're very small. Because the obstructions towards perfection, oh, there's a lot of them. And the things that uh, uh, would it bother a person, uh, distract a person, there's a lot. And when will a person get to the correct preparation? In the time, this preparation. That he can reach what he can truly get to at the end. So just to finish up, we'll go to the more sukkah up there, 45, where you get this chazal. There it is. And Chizkiah said, right over here. And Chizkiah said, the Rabbi Yirmiya said, in the name of Shimon Bar Yochai, I've seen members of the caste of the spiritually prominent who are truly righteous, and they are few. That was that chazal. If they number 1,000, I and my son are among them. If they number 100, I and my son are among them. And if they number two, I, I and my son are, are they. Yes. The Gemara asks, are they so few? But didn't Rava say there are 18,000 righteous individuals in a row before the Holy One Blessed, as it says, keep scrolling, surrounding our 18,000. Apparently the righteous are numerous. The more it says, this is not difficult. The statement of Shimon Rechai, where are you going? Lower, 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 lower. I'm reading the English. This is not difficult. This statement of Shimon Rechai is referring to the very few who view the divine presence through a bright mirror-like partition. He doesn't mean like in Nevoah. This is the same, but he doesn't mean by it. He means a Chachma. They see the, to see it with clarity. Well, that statement, Rabbi is showing those who do not view the divine presence through a bright partition. Sinner Marsha, I'm not going to go into it now, but he's saying it's not talking about Nevoah. Usually that's about Nevoah, but he said it doesn't mean Nevoah. It means clarity of mind. Yeah, there's 18,000 people who got good mind, but it's not clear. Two are very clear. More still not finished. And are there those who view the divine presence through a bright partition so few? Didn't Abai say the world has no fewer than 36 righteous people in every generation who greet the divine presence every day? As is said, happy are they that they wait for him. Low, low is Gematria 36. Being in fact, at least 36 full-fledged righteous individuals in each generation. Where it says that's not a problem. 
This statement of Vaya is referring to those who enter to greet the Divine Presence by requesting. Those are the two, uh, 36, and being granted permission. Well, that's in Roshim Bar Yechai is referring to those who enter even without permission for the wow. gates of heaven are open. So there's three levels. You have 18,000 who can see but not clearly. You have 36 who can see, who can even enter if they have permission. But two can go without permission, where there's absolute clarity. And that is, we're talking about this very few people who are really that smart. And that is the issue. So those are the first two. And God willing, tomorrow we'll get to the third. And it's very long. Probably we'll get past that. And Wednesday, the fourth and fifth. Hopefully. Yes, Shakaya. Shakaya for coming. Okay, listen. As I say, you can't dance at every Sheva Brachas. But you try. Oh, I got, got Albert Camus for tomorrow. Do you know who Albert Camus is, Mark? No. 